0: Welcome to another edition of The Golf Guy. I am joined by our recurring guest, Brady Riggs, Top 100 Teacher, Director of Instruction at Wa Wai in uh the Big Island in Hawaii. Uh, we uh, kick off our 2022 season by covering a number of things going on on the tour, um, some predictions for what's ahead and um, just a a general conversation about the state of the game uh, upcoming with Brady Riggs. Thrilled to have back with us after a few technical difficulties, which have been edited out, um, Brady Riggs, top 100 teacher, um, director of instruction at Four Seasons Walleye in Hawaii. Brady, good to see you again. And you as well, Larry, good to see you. Um, So we are at the beginning of the calendar year for the, um, it's, uh, season. I know, uh, for the PGA tour, um, I've never really gotten my head wrapped around the wraparound season. Um, I know we're kind of like technically, I guess, a third of the way through the season, whatever, but to me it's, you know, January, we're starting a new golf season. So, um, and, um, uh, a couple of things, uh, to talk about, we can talk about whatever, whatever interests us, but, um, You and I haven't talked in a couple of months, uh, so I'm curious um, uh, what you think of uh, Tiger and his performance in the PNC. And um, obviously, no one moves the needle in the game like Tiger. As soon as it was announced that he would be making his comeback with his son, Charlie, and that, all of a sudden, that became the biggest event on the golf landscape last month. Uh, His... uh, Swing, you know, doesn't quite have the power with the leg, not surprisingly, but he seemed to be swinging quite well, um, and uh, curious kind of what you think. I mean, do you see him teeing it up again um, uh, in 2022 um, on any sort of tournaments, uh, or do you think uh, we're not going to see him this year?
1: I can't imagine we won't see him somewhere. You know, it should probably be later in the season. Um, I think it's just the endurance factor of walking 72 holes, which is going to be the problem. You know, the distance issue, I think that'll probably continue to improve, you know, as his leg gets stronger. And, you know, there's the concern about his other body parts that are not good, you know, that right. that could cause problems with his back, obviously, and his knee. But, I mean, I am blown away that he's playing golf from where he yeah. was. I can't, I just can't even fathom that he's doing that, but you know, guy's pretty amazing. I mean, to do that and still be able to go out and compete, you know, is just shocking, but it's who he is. You know, he's he's the second greatest player who ever lived. So what do you expect?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think you and I both favored Jack, but uh, one in one, a certainly certainly I think the greatest of all time. I mean, it's interesting, of course, it's all the speculation if he is going to play this year. When would he play his press conference? He talked about he's not going to ever be a regular tour player again, but he'll, you know, he's the second time I've heard him compare himself to Ben Hogan and he's going to pick his spots and stuff. And I think there's a lot of speculation that if you think about, to your point about the difficulty in walking, And maybe the distance, it just seems like Augusta would not be a good place to come back and maybe something like St. Andrews as flat as it is, Mm -hmm. that's about as easy a walk for 72 holes as you're going to have at a tournament. And maybe we'll see him. uh, Maybe
1: we'll see him at the home of golf. I think that's a good prediction, Larry. I don't see him being able to do Augusta. I mean, you know how hilly that place is. And like, I can't even imagine him this week in Maui playing on that golf course everybody says it's the hardest walk you know there is the plantation course Kapalua. so no it's something you don't really take into consideration that that fatigue and and stamina matter but they do you know and and there's young guys he's competing with and I mean it's amazing all the surgeries and all the junk that he's been through physically and now you know he's going to have a he's going to have a stamina problem and it's not obviously a cardiovascular thing it's just the legs going to fatigue and and right. he's not going to be able to get around it. But, you know, it's, I would, I would say this for sure. Like if you're on the champions tour, you know, uh, now, or if you're getting there sometime before tiger enjoy it while it lasts, because if that guy is still wanting to compete and he can take a cart, he'd probably play a lot of golf on the champions tour. Cause he'd know. You he said, that's interesting.
0: So you, you think he would play on the champions tour? I
1: do. And I don't, I would have never said that a, a few years ago. Yeah. Ever but I think like clearly the competitive fire burns and it's not going to go out anytime soon. And I mean, he's so defined by the fact that he plays golf. It's who he is, you know, and it's, it's, it's who he is in everything that he does. So I think it'd be hard to imagine him not being able to not wanting to go compete if he can, especially if he can't scratch that itch on the PGA tour over the next few years because of his you know fatigue that he'll have. But I mean, play a limited schedule like Hogan did and pick and choose. And, you know, would you put, I don't really put much past him anymore. I think it'd be foolish to do that. I think there's, you know, the game is, is always going to pull away from older guys, right? It always has no matter who you are, father time wins. So, you know, as these young guys continue to do what they do to golf courses, I mean, 34 under par, yeah, I was week. going to say when I mean, you mentioned
0: yeah, unbelievable. You mentioned capital thirty four and you win
1: by one. You yeah. win by one. I, I mean, what, what is that? What if the heck is going? On? So you're averaging. You're averaging eight and a half. What is it? Eight and a half under par every round. Yeah. What in the heck is that? I don't know. I mean, wow. And it was soft, you know? So it wasn't even running out the first couple days. Ooh, the game, game's changed. The game has changed.
0: Yeah, yeah I mean, you know, you're John Rom. you shoot 33 under and you don't win. Um, Not good enough. <laughs> just, just unbelievable. Um, so speaking of Mr. Rahm, um, who finished second with his 33 under, our number one uh, world rankings guy, um, I'm still a little uh, hard to fathom why he wasn't player of the year. Um, I don't quite understand how all that works with the PGA play of the year. I mean, not that Cantley didn't have a great year, but I don't think anyone, I think Brahm is, there's a reason he's number one in the rankings. I mean, I would have had him be it, but in any event, um, you see him staying there or what do you sort of see
1: as we turn the calendar to 2022 for Mr. Rahm? Well, I mean, it should have been Rom or Morikawa. I mean, I don't know how you take a guy as a player that didn't win a major. Right. I mean, you can call the FedEx Cup, whatever you want to call it. It's a money grab. It's people don't care who wins it. They just, the people that win it care. That's like the way to look at it, right? The people that win it care because it's a lot of money. But nobody cares who wins it. Right. it doesn't matter, right? So, I, I mean, the majors are still what defines the sport. So if you're not winning one of those, I don't know how you win player of the year. But Rom's gonna be around. I mean, this guy's just he's just that good, you know. And what's interesting is he's always got that sort of, you know, he has a little whininess in him, you know, and he gets a little, you know, gets a little emotional at times, or whatever. But you know, he he's feisty, man. He's a competitor and You know, somewhere along the way that probably helps him in the bigger stages. So, there's what's wrong with the guy's game, right? I mean, look at it top to bottom. He's long, it's a driver, he's probably as best as good a driver as anybody in the world, which still is a good way to be number one in the world, you know, be be really good off the tee. He's smart, good iron player, short game solid, he puts well. I mean, I just don't see a way this guy's not going to be him and JT. And probably Morikawa and guys like that are just so good every single week. It's hard to imagine that they're not going to be this next generation's. You know, I wouldn't call them triumvirate or whatever you want to call them, but they're awfully good, man. You know, I do. I don't see any weaknesses in Rom's game. I think he's just a stud all the way around. Yeah, it's interesting.
0: I think he doesn't quite get the credit he deserves because there's not one part of his game that just, you know, like, for example, with Morikawa, everyone talks about his iron play. Deservedly so. He's a phenomenal iron player, but that shines so bright. And, And Rob doesn't have, I don't think, any one area, but he's super across the board on everything. Um, And so he doesn't quite get that play like Morikawa and some of the others. Um, JT, you're a fan of JT. You like that, like that Mm -hmm. upright swing. You you think that's going to, the sort of way that he stretches and keeps
1: behind it. You think that's going to be durable. You don't think that's going to create any issues for him. You know, it's interesting. He's got, I kind of like guys that are not ripped, you know, Right. Like it's interesting how the guys that seem to have a career, a really kind of injury-free career, you know, that they tend not be too jacked, right? Right. So right. they're either like a little heavy set, you know, like Jack was. That's pretty good. I know he had lower back problems, but you know, I mean, he wasn't he wasn't injured really per se. You know, he had trouble with his lower back. But like Tiger and Duvall, when he got ripped, he got hurt. And I know somewhere along the way, JT's that's JT's body. You know, that's his natural body and he's, his arms are high cause he's not a huge human being and and he needs to create speed and he gets them up in the air for leverage. And I know it's not supposed to be like the new thing, but, uh, it's worked pretty much on every generation. There's some guy with his hands way up in the air who wins a lot of golf tournaments, you know, and those guys tend to last, you know, whether that's Watson or, or whoever it is. I mean, you see guys hail Irwin that have longer swings that, that are freer with it. They're they're just naturally in their physical state. They tend to be able to play a long time. And JT's not doing anything through the ball that would make me concerned about his his knees. I mean, he jumps, but his toe is pointing in the direction it should when it's when his leg is straightening. So he he rotates his front foot around and that's safe for his knee that way. And whenever he's doing biomechanically is safe. So I think he's gonna be, I think, I think JT is gonna be. If he's not the greatest player of this generation at the end of it, I would be pretty surprised.
0: Worry about his putting
1: a little bit. Sometimes his putting is. um, He's hot and cold. I'll tell you what. I mean, uh, could he have picked a better person to get on the bag? I mean. Oh, I know. Yeah. That's gotta be worth something, right? I, I
0: totally agree. I think that has not gotten enough to play. I think that's a huge plus for him. I do too. I think
1: it could be worth. Could be worth a shot or two in a major somewhere. Just the fact Absolutely. that he's got bones on the bag. Absolutely, I, I I'm surprised that you know people aren't really looking at that. As, and and not that his guy before was it Jimmy was it Jimmy Johnson Johnson or somebody yeah, I was yeah I'm trying to remember his name something like that yeah I, I, he, he was good they had a great relationship obviously but I mean bones is bones bones is great you know he's been around a long time you know every golf course like the back of his hand I mean I would I would definitely like to have bones. Catting for somebody I cared about. You know, for he's sure. pretty good at it. So, for JT, sure. I think, I think Hovlin's, you know, Hovlin's a great player. Hovland's amazing. He's so consistent for somebody who's hit it, hits it that hard. Yeah. You know, he's always around the lead. And, and obviously, Collins' great and, and all that. And it's hard to pick one person out of this group. Sanders, awesome. But, you know, JT has some, he has that just nasty competitor spirit. You saw it at the Ryder Cup. For sure. Know, Like he he loves it. He's not just out there. Like I don't see Cantley loving it like that outwardly. At least I mean, maybe he he doesn't. But but boy, JT is wearing it on his sleeve, man. He just he just absolutely would rather be nowhere else on earth than going out there and competing. And I don't know, there's something to be said for that. I think in the long run.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree. Where do you think uh, Mr. Spieth is these days? So I mean, Mm -hmm. he made an awfully big jump up I don't he was I I don't know exactly what he was a year ago but he's up to I think 14 or so which is got to be 40 50 slots higher than he was a year ago um uh do you see him getting back into the mix of top five in the
1: world or what do you think I don't know I mean he's made a remarkable improvement you know and I think we've talked about it before I thought everybody wanted him to fire Cameron and he didn't and I think that was a wise choice I think they stuck it out and there's something to be said for being with somebody that was there and knows you that well. Um, A lot of people that change instructors um, can go south. (laughs) They most certainly can. So, you know, I think that that can happen. And I I think, you know, look, some players are so talented, like, you know, whether it's Danielle or, you know, Kang, who I obviously know pretty well, like it doesn't really matter who's coaching Danielle. She's going to go do great. You know, she's a great player, but if she gets with the right person, can make a huge difference, right? I mean, her and Butch are doing great with things together. So, but I think you know, I think Spieth's game—he's always been a little shaky with the driver. You know, it's never been the best club in his bag. He's one of those guys that the closer to the hole he gets, the the more devastating he becomes. Yeah, agree. And there's guys that are better. On the other end of the hole, right? They're phenomenal off the tee, and then they get a little worse the closer to the Like Mr. Again. McElroy, I would say. Exactly. <laughs> I think he's the perfect example of that. <laughs> and so, either side of those, you see guys that can get hot when that part of their bag isn't that's sometimes letting them down is working really well, you know, then they can really get going and win some tournaments. But the guys like the Rom, that just you just kind of try and find a spot in there, like where could where's some weakness in there? I do not see it in that guy. Yeah. I don't, either. you know, I just don't see it in JT. Like, yeah, he gets a little streaky with his putter, but like I said, he's got bones. I think it's going to help him this year. And I think the fact that he's, he's a guy that reads screens, you know, and isn't in books and, and looking at it, it's probably going to help him. He's got a, he's got probably the best, one of the best green readers who's ever lived doing it as well. And I don't know. I think people need to understand that there's a little bit more going on this year. There's some, there's some different subtleties now with some of the, with that rule change specifically that should make it. Kind so, of
0: interesting. so let's just so, so be clear for people who aren't as the green reading book. Um, so, and and Bryson, you know, as he's done with so much of the game, brought uh, attention to some of these scientific elements where for folks who don't have green reading books. So these days, green reading books literally get down to not just, well, it's an uphill here and it's downhill here, but the percentage, the degree of slope. And Bryson in particular would sort of um, take that and do some sort of calculus, I'm not sure what it was, but somehow uh, translate that degrees of slope into what he was gonna do with his stroke and of course, a lot of people looked at that and sort of said, "It's interesting that he has such trouble at Augusta, because Augusta is the one tournament that didn't allow those kind of green books." But now the TGA Tour is, you know, said, "Well, we we're only going to use certain types of approved green books, and um, and you can take your notes ahead of time, but you're not going to be able to use these type of detailed green books." So it'll be interesting. What you're right, that hasn't gotten as much play as it might otherwise have but that's i'm curious you know speaking of mr de
1: how that's going to affect him in particular yeah i think what's interesting if think of it this way think of the two ends of the spectrum of putting okay so you've got a guy like let's say crenshaw right yeah that's Who's a classic used, right you know <laughs> classics like you know got his 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 putter he's had forever and the whole thing right we can all see him with his onion creek shirt on in 90 84 but yeah. that put on 10 right Exactly so yeah so this is a pure like here's a guy who can put a national I mean, if you you better have some feel have some imagination have some vision have some touch right to be able to do that right that's one end of a spectrum right so the other end is is the argument is okay if I can if I know exactly what a 10 foot putt is if I practice what a 10 foot putt would be on a 12 stamp green I know exactly how far back and through that goes. And then, so I've got that down to a science. I can hit it exactly that distance all the time. But I'm putting on a, on a 10 stem green or a 13 stem green and the slope is down or up two or three degrees, whatever crappy, you know, thing you want to go deep into. You can obviously work all that out, right? It's like, a, it's like an equation. And you can right. say, okay, well, my 10-footer is now a 12-footer or my 10-footer is now an 8-footer, whatever that is. And you can adjust your stroke down to the 8 or the 12-footer. But what do you lose? You know, what do you lose in that? You know, you lose the feel, you lose the imagination, the creativity, the artistry of being a great putter. And if you listen to any great putter talk, they'll talk about that, right? It's it's Absolutely. art. So whether that's Brad Faxon or you know, Lord Roberts or or Tiger or whoever it is, they weren't they weren't diving into the math side of putting. They were diving into the feel side of putting, like Crenshaw did. So right. there's there's a price you pay, you know, one way or the other. I would think. I don't know that putting you can, you can get that technical with, I mean, putting is so, so much about your feel of the slope and how that's impacting the speed of the putt that you're trying to hit in that moment. I don't know, I guess you can, I guess you can get that deep into it, or you can just go up and make the 10 footer. That's a ball outside red right edge. And, you know, just hit it and make it right. So it's just a fascinating thing. That's one of the great things that we love about the game. There's two ways to approach that and everything in between, right. You get those two ends of the spectrum. But I don't know that Deschambeau's approach is going to ever work at Augusta National. Yeah. you know, it's I don't know that's ever going to happen. I mean, I think you look at the guys that have won there. Whether that's why you know why did Seve win and Olausson and and all those guys and Crenshaw twice. I mean, there's something to be said for for having imagination, you know, and being creative. So I love that part of the game anyway. If you gave me the perfect precise amount of break on a putt, I'd probably miss it. If right. I had to study it at that level, I'd rather feel it. I, I completely agree.
0: Um, let me go back to, uh, Rory. We mentioned him briefly. Mm. Um, you know, it's interesting time marches on. We're in 2022. Um, you think back to, you know, certainly when he came on the scene and congressional, um, and just kind of blew away that field, um, and then, you know, the PGA uh, back then, that was at the Ocean Course, kind of blew away that field. And then he goes a couple of years. And then it was, I think, 2014, when he won the PGA and the British. Um, that's eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what would you have, uh, well, I guess, seven and a half, but what would you have sort of given his odds that, you know, he finishes that year winning the last two majors, um, he is, I'm, I'm forgetting what his age, I mean, he must have been his mid-20s and I'm forgetting how old he is now, but he, what would you have said, you know, seven and a half years are going to go by and he's not going to win another major? And let me ask you this, do you think he is going to win another major? Ooh. I never
1: would have thought that. I never it's never would amazing. have thought that. Yeah. It's Especially amazing. without a major injury, you know? Right. Oh, like for sure. Got,
0: yeah. If, if I, like right. Did. I totally agree. If you get hurt, that's a different ball game. Yeah, but, but he, he yeah. didn't get hurt
1: no it's not at thing. all like he's not he's healthy he's probably in better shape now than he was then theoretically you know so I don't I just can't believe that's happened but you know golf was easy when he was winning majors you know you know it's it's like all of us when we're playing well it's easy you don't have to think about it how I'm never going to miss another shot That's the greatest thing ever you know all the putts are going in and you know that ball was on the edge of the bunker off the tee and it saved the fairway and it's just easy. And then all of a sudden it's not so easy, you know, and then you go looking for love in all the wrong places. And next thing you know, you're seven and a half years down the road and you haven't won another major and it's 30 majors later, which is just a shocking number. Isn't that you shocking to say have 30 exactly. And yeah. It's like, it's a long time without winning a major when you're that good. And that's when you go back and you look at the career of Nicholas, and you look at the career of tiger and you just never see that, you know, I mean, you don't see that big span of time where they weren't winning major championships. Obviously, Tigers had major injuries and whatnot, and Jack had from '80 80 to '86, you know, a little bit of a, a hiatus there, right? But he was getting older. He was, he was 40, getting older. So he in his forties. Forty and forty-six. And it's bound to happen, right? I mean, the '82, some dude chipped in on him at Pebble Beach and took one from him there. But like, I, I think it's not surprising to see, you know it's not surprising to see anybody struggle, right? But like Rory was supposed to, kind of in our minds, he was that next guy that was going to, you know, threaten to win double digit major championships because of his start. But I'm sure more cow will experience a similar situation at some point where golf gets hard again. And that's really what separates the greatest players of all time is that they, they probably, everybody goes through those times, you know? And then at some point, the greatest that ever live they find another way to win and then they, they grow from that and then they do it again. And then they keep going and great players, not the greatest, but great players win a lot of majors and then they don't win as many majors anymore. You know, Kepka, what's going to happen with him? Is he going to be a, another guy that won a bunch in a, in a very small amount of time? And then we don't hear from him again. You know, it's, it's fascinating that part of the game, it's just fascinating. That's why like, I'm surprised JT has a one more at this point. You know, I think he would he he's a guy that I think will, but it's hard to win major championships, man. It's a tough thing. I mean, in that seven-year span, right? Tiger's got one. Mickelson, Phil's got one. <laughs> Nicholson's got one, right? <laughs> Who would have thought that Tiger and Phil would have both won major championships in that span and Rory would not have? Yeah. Yeah. What are the odds, right? You never would have imagined that. No, it's fascinating. I hope he does, but you know, I think he's his starts. He gets off to are so bad, like he's out of the tournament in nine holes. You know, he's lost touch in nine holes with the with the entire the tournament's gone. And then often he'll rally and they'll get back into it, but it's too late he gets just too far behind. He has done that.
0: Know. There's also been a you know at Augusta, which of course is the last one he needs for the career Grand Slam. I mean, he's just he's had a lot of Saturday, you know, where he's been in good shape after 36 holes. And, you know, there's that Saturday where he gets up on that first tee and hits it about, you know, eight miles, right. You mm-hmm. know, I mean he's had a couple of mid 70 rounds, you know, on Saturday, just killed them. And he just hasn't, I, I, have just, I, you know, you, and you were mentioning people who are ripped. He's certainly gotten ripped. I don't know if that has anything yeah. to do with it or I, I don't really know. I just, I'm just, I find him fast. He's such a good guy. And and oh, I yeah. think he's, no, a, quality he's person. Know, a quality person. And I thought that interview after the Ryder Cup, you know, was so uh, moving, how emotional he was about it. And he, you oh, know, he, he's agree. a stand-up guy, you know, he's talked about the, you know, he's not going for the money on the Saudi tour. He's talked about that. He's a very stand-up guy in so many ways. So you kind of root for him, and you know, obviously such a talent. I'm just I'm just struck by how he's uh seven and a half years. That's a long time. During this day, not injured, you know, in late twenties, early thirties, prime, prime time of someone's career typically. So.
1: Yeah. I think that's, I I'm, I'm, I'm like you. I root for the guy every time. I think he's, he's as good a guy as there is in golf right now. You know, he actually has some, some sort of like, you know, moral compass, God forbid on the PGA tour, we do that, but. I think he's great. I mean, he actually is. He actually does give a crap about the world that he's living in. It's kind of totally. nice to see. He's not chasing <laughs> the money in Saudi Arabia, which is just—we could do a 25-hour podcast. Oh, I know. I I, just, know. I, I I respect him for that very much. I think he's he's great for the game. It's great for you know. He's the key. There. Are, it's funny because I've asked this question for generations now. You know, as a coach now, because I started so long ago. But in my generation, it was, who is your favorite player? You know, and if you're, uh, if you're my age, you're probably saying, or any, any older than me, it's Jack Nicklaus, right? I mean, that's who it was going to be. And then there was a time where it was, might've been Faldo or Norman or, or somebody from that era. And then it was Tiger and everybody that I taught, everybody I taught from, you know, the late nineties, all the way up to probably 2015, you know, 2015 was, was Tiger, Tiger. But then it became Rory, you know. It, it came did. Rory yeah. in, in that window somewhere. Right? You know, he was that he was that guy. And there's a lot of people, like my daughter included, who's 22 years old, and Rory's her favorite player. You know, and that's just kind of the case for so many people. They really, really root for him. And it is is kind of, I know it's we all because we know golf, right? We're all like, well, you know, it's golf. And if Morikawa fell on a couple rough years, would anybody be surprised? Well it's funny because I
0: think Rory putting is, you know, can be an issue. And I think Colin's putting Mm -hmm. can be an issue. I mean, listen, I mean, he was just nails coming down that back nine at the open last summer. And those putts, you know, those up and downs he made, I mean, it was fantastic, but you know, as much as his iron play is so otherworldly, I mean, his putting is, For someone, I mean, you know, he's not, he's not in Will Zalatoris land, fortunately, but I mean, you know, for someone who's at that level, we're talking a top five. I mean, he's got to be the poorest putter of those people in the top five. I mean, so that's, you know, I, but you know, as long as he can keep that under control, I mean, the rest of it seems strong, but no, I wouldn't, this is such a fickle game. It's so hard to stay
1: at that level year after year after year. So no, I wouldn't be surprised. I agree. No, I think it's. I, I'm. I hope Rory gets it. I really hope he wins at Augusta. I, I think it'd be it'd be it'd be nice to see that. You
0: know, yeah, nice no, I, that. I, I I agree. Let me turn. You mentioned Maddie, uh, you know your your uber talented daughter who's you know aspiring for the LPGA tour. Some LPGA uh, news uh, as of late. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Mike Wan, who you know, former LPGA commissioner, uh, took over the executive director job at the USGA, um, kind of was named, I think probably last February, March, took it over in June, He's sort of now, you know, got his six months under his belt and, um, you know, huge increase in the purse for the U.S. Women's right. Open, which was great to see. Um, and awesome. uh, I think that's fantastic. I think 5.5 to 10, it's supposed to go up to 12 the year after great to see it's got to be a good thing for women's golf to have someone like that running the usga
1: and mindful of that stuff don't you think i think it's great i mean i think yeah they had to sell a sponsorship to it and it makes you wonder what the men's side would be right what would that right no that's tr- be. that's
0: true that's true
1: but at this point you know as a fan of the women's game um hooray <laughs> you know hooray like finally getting some of the recognition they deserve and man if if they don't take advantage of this time, you know, there's like these windows in the sport where you have just the right mix of star power and right. they got it right now. They have they got sure it. Do. I mean, they've got the Cordas, who are, I mean, no, he's just. A I mean, what do you,
0: that, that swing. I mean, you and I've emailed no, a little bit about that. I mean, it's just, I mean, honestly, I look at that swing. I mean, people always used to say, I mean, Ben Hogan famously said, you know, Mickey Wright, had the greatest swing he ever saw, Mm -hmm. um, which is saying something right coming from that source of Mr. Hogan. But, uh, you know, I mean, you look at Nellie Corda swing, just phenomenal, right? I just, just great. And she's
1: really hitting her stride. I mean, they're a, they're pretty impressive family. I mean, I don't don't like the dad very much from a, from experience I had. I I know you have personal experience, right. But I would just say that um, I would say that it's, it's 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 mind-boggling. Like last year when they had they had both Cordas and Danielle in the final round of I think one of the tournaments, and, and they were showing Marty Fish or some some celebrity hack because they were oh, playing. So yeah, it was it was absolutely ridiculous, ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. and so they have this incredible product right now. They've got this weird moment in time, right, where they've got this perfect mix of Danielle King and the Cordis. And Lexi's sort of decent, you know, and hanging around. And then we got the, all these Norwegians that are so good, you know, they're fabulous players. And then the Korean and contingent that is just mind boggling, good from Minji Lee to 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 you know Kendrick. she hit sixty three greens. Sixty three greens. I've got Fred. Glad Jin Young Jin yeah. How? What the hell is that? What yeah. is? I can't even fathom hitting. I mean, That's, is that ever? She was I don't nine know. Yeah. Who it's had the, the done, most incredible ball striking thing I've ever, and she was hurt. Right. She was hurt. She had an injury. Right. Risk. She couldn't hit any ball. She goes out and hit 63 greens in a row. In a row. In a row. In a row. You'd think you'd miss a club or something at one point. Oh, I miss club. <laughs> Didn't get the wind, right? No, I'm just going to hit 63 straight greens. I mean, this is, and that's the kind of the neat thing too. I think people forever have been so well, you know, there's no Americans involved. Yeah. So what, I mean, the golf is at an incredibly high level on the women's tour. I mean, you, we saw it this year in Q school when, when Maddie and I were down there and, and, and it, the fact that there are great players from every continent right now, you know, and they're all interesting and they all bring something to the table. We should be celebrating this time and, and good on the USGA and Mike one for getting that right. And, and trying to put some focus on the women's game. And you can only hope that, that the, you know, the, it's a man's world when it comes to golf, you know, on that level. And I'm just hoping that they, they they put the focus on the women's game a little bit because it is really compelling and they play amazing golf and it's funny because you hear all the time well the average person should watch the women's game it's because because it's a game they can relate to child please the average guy playing against any of those girls would get absolutely they would Crushed. be polarized. maybe they would focused, get yeah. destroyed yeah I mean it wouldn't even be a it's not even a contest let me tell you how good those girls are. They're better ball strikers, top to bottom, than the men's tour. I'm telling you right now, they hit the ball better. They have to. They don't hit it as far. They can't just jack it down there somewhere, find it, and wedge it up out of the rough. They're, they're more consistent play- ball striking. They, they hit it straighter. Their contact is better, and they have more control. That's just a fact of the matter. I've watched them and played with a lot of them over the years, and they are just wonderful, wonderful players. So good on the USGA. May it not be the last time that we see something <laughs> positive go that way.
0: <laughs> I, 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 I couldn't agree more. <laughs> Speaking of our friends at the USGA, um, oh, you know, kudos. Uh, I, I know that's always a favorite topic of yours. Kudos to you know about the women's game. Uh, but the thing that has been sitting there, um, you know, and I think it's going to be going on two years now since the distance report came out, is mm. distance. I mean, and and uh, it's not an easy issue, but gosh, I got to think, you know, you know, Mike has been there now six plus months. I mean, you would think if they're going to address it, they'd start addressing it, um, you know, after we just got through with 34 under at uh, the plantation course. Um, but um, what do you think about that? I mean, do you sort of see... I, I mean, personally, I, I, I don't know where I am on it. I, I, the, this notion, people use the word bifurcation as if it's some evil. You know, mm-hmm. it personally doesn't bother me. Um, you know, I kind of look at other sports like, you know, Mike Trout would probably kill someone if he had an aluminum bat in his hand. And, you know, no one seems to sort of get all hot and bothered by, you know, not having aluminum bats at the majors, whereas they have it all the way up through college and everything mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, it would bifurcation I don't think would bother me, but I mean, do you sort of see the need to do something with the equipment here or, or what, or do you think it just let it ride?
1: I mean, in the men's game, like who's, who's everybody's favorite players, right? I mean, they're all the guys that hit the longest, nobody wants to watch Charles Howell, the third and Brian Gay. And, uh, you know, those guys go try and win the US open. (laughs) just not interesting people want to see the star power and star power is power you know so that's what people want i think the only chance they would have would be i mean they put this ridiculous driver link thing in which is so stupid like yeah give me a break i mean, not going to do anything it's the ball it's the right. ball you know you're gonna have to have a tour ball you're not gonna rain in every club manufacturer right you're not gonna do that but you can certainly make the ball put a tour ball in that's your best shot at it. You could probably also make the driver club head smaller, theoretically, to make the sweet spot smaller. Because then guys wouldn't be able to swing as hard at it and, and keep it on the, on the earth. But I don't think that's going to change either. I think their only chance to do it is the ball. Yeah. And if there's just not the will for it, it's like, you know, I mean, should everybody get vaccinated? Of course they should. Of course they should. <laughs> should everybody wear a mask inside? Absolutely it'd be great we'd probably be out of the pandemic should we try and send the pen the vaccine to all the underdeveloped countries in the world hell yeah we'd minimize the amount of mutations we get over it quicker but you have to have a collective will you know we don't have it for that and we sure as heck don't have it in the men's game on the pga tour to to reduce the how far the ball goes there's no collective will whatsoever you know so they want to make it about skills so they'll take away the green reading book and that's great and those these little teeny things, and we'll cry about it all the way down. And eventually, we'll just run out of golf course, you know, because we won't be able to have it. We won't be able to play certain courses anymore. We all know that, you know, it's just a fact of the matter. But it'll be, it'll be a slow ride down the hill. It really will be. Although, I will say one more thing. They, they, they had an interesting stat of the longest drivers in the PJ Tour. I don't know if you saw that the other day. I don't know. And they went back a few years. They went all the way back to Hank Keeney. And Hank hey Keeney was oh, only hey two Keeney. yards shorter. Yeah. He was two yards shorter than Shambo than, uh, last year. One of the two years that he led the drive. Is that last. right? Yeah. Isn't that fascinating? Shows how long Hank Keeney was. He was a freak. Piece, show. He, he was a... a freak. But it, it's kind of interesting, right? Like it shows, I mean, it has, so it hasn't really gotten that much longer. Not on the very, very top end. No, but, but the median, the number but the median of has gone up, absolutely. right? Exactly. Yeah. That's the deal.
0: That's why well, I think absolutely. I texted you. I mean, when Jordan, I saw Jordan was 309. I mean, mm. you know, that's amazing. Um, you know, so you've, you've got this, you know, the media. I mean, now it's like you mentioned Brian Gay. I mean, if you're not carrying at 280, um, you know, you're kind of like out of luck. I mean, it's well, just... Well, I mean,
1: a- I couldn't compete out there. I mean, I couldn't even make it. There's no way on earth I could even have a... I don't know if i break 80 on the length of those golf courses. I hit a good drive now. If I hit it really, really good in the air, it goes maybe 275. Like I'd really have to get into one. I'm 53 years old. I didn't hit it even close to that far when I was 17 years old or 18 years old, right? Or 20 years old. Right. The equipment's just way better. I mean, I'm, I'm half the physical person I was with the number of injuries. And I'm, I clearly have some more water under my bridge. But the equipment's just so much better. Than the ball goes further, you know, it's just the way that it is. So, but the difference, I think what you just said is true. The average guy gets it way further now. So, the, the opportunities for guys that aren't long are not there. And, and I had a kid just get back today from the Stanford golf camp. It, it, a kid from from Brentwood actually wonderful kid great family but the coach was telling them very simple you better have some speed or you're not going to get in to one of the power conferences in one of the best schools in the country and go play college golf really Gotta kill it if you don't kill it you, there's not a lot of spots now for guys that are hitting 285 and can putt real well that just isn't a thing so 285 is short 280 285 in, the, in that age group very short because those kids now are coming into college and they are jacking it. You know, they're so deep and the kids in college are the longest hitters in the game pretty much. Cause they're, there's some wild ones, but man, they kill it. You know, and then corn ferry they're deeper than the guys in the PGA tour really, you know, so this is what's coming. You know, the guys in the PGA tour, the Stewart sinks of the world and those kind of guys that, you know, the Coochers. you know, I watched him play four holes at Wallife last week. He came out and he did some stuff, but, I mean, he's very consistent, really good player, has a great short game, blah, blah, blah. He doesn't hit at 330, you know. But those guys are still out on tour. There's a whole bunch of guys in their 40s, late 30s and 40s that can't move at 330, 325. So that brings that average down, you know. But all those young guys that are coming up, they're all super deep. And if it's telling you something, if the Power 5 conferences and the best schools in the country for golf are basically saying, need not apply if you can't move it, don't even bother because you're not going to get
0: in. What happens to our classic courses, right?
1: I mean, they're played by old guys like you and me, Larry. And we'll appreciate them very much. But the rest of golf, them will probably cease to know their names as time goes on because they just won't be relevant on the biggest stages. They'll be too short. There's nothing you can do about it. I'm surprised they haven't extended 13 of the gusty yet. When they have the room. Well, they're going
0: to, I think it's pretty clear. I mean, they bought the property, you know, they even, I guess it's, um, you know, Augusta Country Club that borders Mm -hmm. it. And they, I think it was a ninth hole there. They bought the property and kind of they, you know, because of course, I mean, Augusta National has all the money from the tournament. They reconfigured the hole for them. So they've got it all set up to do. Uh, They just haven't done it yet, but you know, that's going to
1: happen. For sure. It's going to happen. I mean, I'm surprised they didn't do it this year, but, I mean, if DeChambeau or somebody, I mean, they they can do a couple things. They can grow the trees in closer to the tee box right off the right, get them higher there so that guys can't take it over the top of that corner as easily. Then they could have to hit some big sweeping draw around it, which this is difficult to do with the equipment now. It's hard to do that. It's hard to get a ball to curve a ton with the driver. Right. You know? So there's there's that issue. But I think, you know, it's, if enough guys can hit driver over everything and have wedge to that green, then you better back it up because it's lost its, you know, it's lost its identity. It, it really has. And then, I mean, it should be that length gives you an advantage when it's straighter. Right. But it should also be that length doesn't give you an advantage when it isn't. Or they
0: could come out with the
1: Augusta National Tournament ball they could do that they could do that 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 would be it would take an augusta probably to do it it's usually yeah I,
0: like I, I i i i kind of like i you know and i don't not that i know any of those folks i have no idea what they're thinking but i mean you know if you were going to sort of have some one tournament one organization you know short of the whole tour come out with a new ball the tournament ball if Augusta did that, it would be interesting to see what the impact would be. Cause you could see, I mean, they're a leader, right? If they did that, mm-hmm. you could see them doing that. Um, but who knows? The other thing I would love to see Augusta do, frankly, is get rid of the rough. I mean, you know, I think it made it easier putting in the rough cause that all these balls would just keep running into the trees and the rough right. tends to stop them. So, I mean, I, you know, uh, well, the only,
1: I, uh, uh, the trade-off is the lack of speed, uh, spin control, right. Coming out of there, but I don't think a guy anymore in this, at, at this level, not at this level, amount of, no, the amount of speed they have, it's just,
0: and, and we're not talking about, I mean, it's, it's actually, if it was really heavy rough perhaps, but right. I mean, it's sort of like, it's enough rough to stop the ball from running into mm-hmm. the pine straw on the trees, but it's not enough with their angle of attack and speed. Right to really alter their ability to hit the green. So I think it ends up helping them. But um.
1: Well, I mean, it, it's funny because that, that's where technology is getting kind of interesting with some, like I like to screw around in Hawaii on track bed with my wedges. Like um, if I can hit my 58 degree from 50 yards at a 30 degree launch angle with 8,500 RPMs that shot's dirty. That's a low flighted one bounce checker, you know, and it's in that parameter, which is, you know, 8,500 spin 30 degree launch at 50 or 60 yards. Now we've got a ball that's coming out. Just, it's just like, you can hear it almost sizzling by you. It's yeah. got all kinds of junk on it. And so there's, it's fun seeing the technology on that end of the game because everybody thinks of the technology and it's okay. How, what's the smash factor on the driver and how, what's the ball speed, the launch angle, the spin rate, and all that stuff. But, you know, it's being used a lot around the greens, you know, guys That's are optimizing their control on learning how to create more spin and changing launch angles. Cause there's a, there's a, you know, it's a, it basically skids up the face when it's shallow, it'll run up the face a little bit and then it'll grab. So it's a skid and a grab. That's what a low one bounce checker is. You know, you can't come down on a steep angle attack and do that. You've got to come in shallow to create that. A lot of times you won't even see a divot on that shot, even from 50 yards. You'd see just a total pick off of it. But as as it's coming in shallow, it's running up the face a little bit, and then the face is grabbing it and shooting it out lower, which brings that launch angle down. I mean, a 58 degree and I can launch it at 30 degrees. Think about that. Right, right, exactly. It's half. And I'm to, not hitting, bigger. and I'm not hitting down on it. You know, I'm not. I'm not ten down. I'm not you're not de-lofting the club. You're just. you know. No, it's just the the grooves are grabbing the the, the ball properly, and that sh- it basically shoots it out, which makes it come out with a lot of spin on it and low. You know, so the, it's fascinating mess around with technology on that end, and it, it makes you wonder too, like from the ball standpoint. You know, think about these balls now. They not just go really far, you know, but like Titleist makes balls people don't even know exist, like left dots and, and dashes. Yeah, I've, and I've seen that, with the dashes and the dots, right. That's special. Right. So yeah. that, that's completely different spins, you know, like for a guy that's at, you know, swinging at 129 miles an hour or 28 miles an hour. And it's, it's you know, they need to spin the ball. They, their spin is so excessive that the standard Titleist just won't do you know, 20% of the field is playing with the ball from Titleist and it's not their standard Pro V1 or Pro V1X. It's, it's different, you know, and so that ball spins less. They're getting even more control because they can change the ball on that level, even for a guy like that. So the technology just is running ahead of the legislation of it. And so the control for players enables them to go out and shoot 34 under par because they've got this incredible length, They're so talented. The coaching is better than it ever has been. The mental game stuff is phenomenal. Guys are way better mentally. And then their ability to control the ball around the greens is just staggeringly good. And it's all from better technique, but also some technology in there as well. And we're we're really, truly understand why the ball does what it does, right? Because like if somebody was going to ask, this is an old joke, right? How do you hit that one bounce checker? How do you do that? And, you know, our reply always was, well, I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. You know, it's <laughs> a secret. And it really was, I don't know, but I can do it. You know, you don't really know why it does that. It just does that. Well, now we know. You know, and that's one of the things about technologies that's so cool is we kind of know, and then we know how to teach it better, too. Right. Kind of fun. Right. But I think it's getting away. We, we, I'd love to see the masters initiate a tournament ball. That would be great. Yeah. I mean, it's,
0: you know, and I kind of, it's interesting you mentioned the different versions of the pilots. I kind of knew about it, but I didn't really appreciate how much it was sort of being used. I mean, it's like, I mean, you can imagine like if I was playing baseball and sort of, you know, if I had, you know, uh, you know, a power pitcher out there one day, well, I'm going to use ball A, you know, and if I have a finesse pitch, well, I'm going to use ball B, I mean, and have, I mean, it's crazy, right? I mean, obviously it's a team game. So you should have to have people coordinate, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, just the ability to sort of alter the equipment to be dialed into what the particular uh, characteristics are of a given player just seems a little bit much to me. That's, you know, I mean, listening to this makes me feel like a tournament ball, whether it's an Augusta ball or a general tournament ball, seems like, you know, more needed than ever.
1: Yeah, I think what's interesting is that ball is going to suit somebody better than somebody else. You know, unless the manufacturers can come out with this, because what will happen is the equipment will change off of that. For sure, right, right. So the ball will come first, and then everybody will design clubs to help that. There, it's just it's going to be very hard not to rain, not to. Guys are going to find a way, and that's the problem. There's so much more fit than they were before generally speaking we have bigger stronger athletes come into the game and you know the techniques are great we understand ground reaction force. I mean when I was a kid I'm sure you were too Larry God forbid your left foot came off the ground and impacted no, the driver right, no, right gotta right. keep that heel down I remember my you know people I was working with holding my foot down on the ground <laughs> right right I was jumping you're, you're on your toes you can't hit right your toes. totally totally you right. know and now we teach guys, get on your toes. You're, in, you're, yeah. you're standing flat-footed when you hit the driver. What's your problem? I mean, whoever
0: heard it? I mean, no one would use the term ground forces when
1: you and I were no, learning the game. We didn't know anything about that. I mean, you had to have your heel down. Had to have your heel down when you hit it. Couldn't have your heel up. I was a little guy. I was trying to make the ball go further. I didn't know that I was doing that. I didn't even know my heel was off the ground. But I was taught to put it on the ground <laughs> once I was doing something instinctively correct well now we know because of biomechanics and the fact that we know a lot more but that's really good you should do that with the driver you know so now we have little people hitting the ball much further like you know because they are being taught correctly hopefully by some coaches you know but you see like my daughter's five one and 107 pounds or something and she hits her seven iron 155 yards unbelievable no it's crazy Unbelievable. And you sent me Jack's, or was it Hogan's yardages you sent me this week? Yeah. Did you see that? That was unbelievable. Yeah. 735 <laughs> yards. <laughs> I mean, it makes you marvel at how good he was. Oh, like, my God. Yeah.
0: I mean, you, I know you've watched that old um, Shell's Wonderful World of Golf with Sneed and Hogan at Houston Country Club. I mean, just a clinic. I mean, you know, the way he would. I mean, he's sitting there you know i mean sam would say oh sam crushed it you know maybe went 260 270 right. and right. and you know but they're hitting these one irons and two irons into these holes and you know maneuvering it near the pins i mean just uh, the
1: talent was off the charts yeah it makes you wonder what a guy today would do then you know and vice versa you know i mean i'm sure great players would adapt always but I think guys today don't really understand how hard golf was even 30 to 40 years ago. I mean it was a completely different experience. I mean back in, in in 1980 you know mid 80s, right? The longest hitters in the world were hitting it, you know, 270 275. I mean that was long. It was super long back then. You know, and so you get a 460 yard par 4 and it was like an eternity. You know, for sure. Well, that was, a, that was a brutal hole back then. Yeah. And now and, guys are hitting driver wedge. Well, and the equipment look, there's
0: no question they're fitter, they're better instructed, everything you said, but the equipment is such a big part of it. I remember, totally. um, you know, uh, the, they had the BMW, one of the playoff tournaments at Cherry Hills, this is probably at least five, six years ago um and of course the first hole at cherry hills right is famous from the 1960 Mm -hmm. u.s open for palmer you know driving and after trying each day to drive it you know it's at altitude i think it's 345 yards or something and at altitude you know he could finally that last day you know when he shot the 65 he drove it anyhow they sort of i thought this was very cool they had Um, at the tee there during one of the practice rounds, an old persimmon driver um, and to let people give it a go, you know, same kind of driver that Arnold used. Um, I'm not sure what they did with the ball, but in any event, you know, Rory gets up there. I remember in particular, and, you know, with present equipment five, six years ago, you know, takes a three wood and that's too much club. He hits it over the green, Um, takes the persimmon driver, couldn't get near the green. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, and, and you're right. I mean, you know, I don't know what the exact date is, but, you know, you go back to the mid eighties. I mean, when they made that leap to the metal huge clubs and it's funny, right? You go back to the big birth and the big birth, it looks like a five wood now, mm-hmm. um, but you know, the huge clubs with that big sweet spot and then they tailor the ball, you know, to sort mm-hmm. of, cause you're absolutely right. They, they always tailor the ball to match the club and vice versa. Um, things just kind of exploded, um, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. I mean, you go back then—the the sweet spots on those old persimmon drivers, those old irons. I mean,
1: you really did not have much room for error. No, it, it was. I mean, I, it makes you wonder. Like, how big would a how big would um, Fenway Park be if they allowed the ball and the bat to? To prog progress at the level that they have, in yeah, health. right. Like, you think about how big the, the stadium would have to be, right? I mean, it would be it would be enormous if you did that. Dodger Stadium, you'd have to put the fences out. i would to say, if, if you had a, if it you had aluminum bats
0: and 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 you allowed the ball to sort of progress, you know, the baseball, it'd be it'd be you'd be, you'd be hitting it 550 feet regularly. I mean, it's right. you know, you just do the
1: proportionally, and you'd have to keep building new stadiums. Well, and you'd have to get new infielders every couple of innings because they'd get killed. killed. You know, guys would be in full, <laughs> they'd have full Kevlar on out there. <laughs> they'd have to play with, right? you know, like body armor because it's just, it, it. it's why baseball has been able to stay, you know, you have records that matter in baseball, but in in golf with the equipment changing so much, it doesn't even, it doesn't mean anything really like how far a ball goes now or. You know what guys are shooting on certain golf courses because they're not the same golf course. It doesn't even I mean you can measure a player by his generation, right? Yeah. You can still do that peer to peer, but you know, you can't you can't equate somebody from this generation to where Nicholas was in, in the 70s and 80s and certainly not to where Hogan was in the fifties. It's just it's not a it's an apples to to you know to cactus comparison. There's nothing close or similar to it, right? Whatsoever. And it makes it a little sad in that way. But you still have a number of major championships, don't you? That you do, because
0: you're still, even if you can't have the historical comparisons, you're still beating your peers in those four tournaments under the most
1: exacting pressure um, that the sport knows. So you still have those yardsticks. Yep. Do you remember a time when they used to say that Jack had 20 majors?
0: You know, it's funny you, made you say that. I 100% do. And mm-hmm. and so, you know, when he was approaching Bobby Jones, because Bobby Jones had 13, of course, that's counting the five U.S. Amateurs. And, sure. you know, and, and so, and, and Jack, absolutely, with the two U.S. Amateurs. I always sort of thought, when is someone going to argue, when Tiger was stuck on 14, now he has 15. So he's three behind. I would say, well, when's someone going to say, well, he's actually only two behind. Because mm-hmm. he has three U.S. amateurs, Jack has two. So it's not 18 to 15, it's 20 to 18. Um, I, I, I've i kind of wondered when, you know, I, I don't hear anyone say that, but I do remember a time when absolutely Jack viewed as 20.
1: Um, yeah, I but, do too. Um, it, but it's interesting how even the perception of what a major is, I mean, I, I don't think they'll ever go back and add in players' championships to it, and I hope they do no, no, no,
0: they won't. They won't.
1: Because the players want them to. You know, players absolutely want them to. They think it's a major in their minds, or at least that's what they say. But it isn't a major.
0: I think they say that when with Jay Moynihan having a gun pointed to their head or something. <laughs> I can't believe they really feel. I think there's four. Four is a good number. There's four tennis majors.
1: There's four golf majors and, and unfortunately you know. in the women's game, there's five. And it's yes, annoying. It is. annoying. It is. It's an annoying thing. And one of them was because it was a sponsorship thing, you know, totally. and that's just not a good luck, man. It just cheapens. And I, I think that the, I think we could, this is a huge step with the USGA has done, but there's so many things with the women's game that need to get fixed. And by the way, we are talking about distance. Uh, buckle up what those girls are doing there are girls that are so long like it's yeah, who's
0: the way is the uc is it the ucla who's the woman that's yeah, patty, uh, i'm forgetting her name patty, right patty Tavis, right. She, right she hits it a mile right
1: she is it's a joke dude her there's a girl bianca pagdan manan who's who absolutely kills it i mean Nellie could hit it further than she does she doesn't really try but she's much deeper than the Maria Fosse from Mexico played in Arkansas. Uh there's some girls that can move it like you wouldn't believe. And it's gonna be pretty fun to watch that game change now, too, because just watching the players that are coming up, it's it's a thing. Like LPG tour average is 141 with seven at least it was up until last year. I am I am extremely curious if they redid all those numbers, just how far it's going now.
0: It's going up a lot, I'm sure. The
1: guys' numbers go up. It's 173 or four, whatever it was last time they checked for a seven on PGA Tour. But that's going to continue to climb, no question about that. But the girls' game is going to be more exponential in its growth because there's some there's it's a whole new breed coming. They're they they hit it far, and they have a big advantage. You know, it's just like every other thing with golf. Like the further you hit it, the closer you are to the green. Basically, golf's really simple. The closer you are to the hole. The closer you're going to get to the hole, it's just that simple. <laughs> so not that if you, complicated. If you, yeah. if you have a one footer, you're probably going to go in the hole. If you have a three footer, you're going to go in ninety nine percent of the time. You're going to get to five feet. It's eighty percent, and on we go. Right? If you're at a hundred yards, proximity to the hole average is about nineteen feet. Go to two hundred, it's forty two feet. Pretty big difference, right? So getting close to the hole matters. There's no way you can hide that number. You know so it, it's wide distance. The guys that hit the longest are going to score the best. You know, it would just be nice if some of the golf courses were rendered obsolete along the way. Yeah, well,
0: I think we'll, we'll see. We'll see what 2022 has in store for us. Mm. Maybe, they'll maybe we'll see a distance, a, a tour ball. Um, uh, I, I, I think they're going to do something, um, and I think that's. I mean, Jack has talked about that's the way to do it for only about 25 years. I mean, you know. Yeah, so why would they
1: start now, right? I mean, we all know. I don't, it's, like I said, they all know what's going It's just, you know, I don't know. It's almost like, you know, we, we know we're losing the democracy or something and they're not doing anything about it. (laughs) <laughs> you
0: use a little later in, oh, in the oh no i'm sorry up, but that's I'm but sorry. no no don't be I'm, I, you, I went to the vaccination
1: oh, card i thought i would throw that in
0: we were we were almost out of time so that was good i want to make sure we got that so i i mean i'm i'm, I'm gonna see you this week because i'm i i got to get to work on all this stuff now that your uh,
1: your your second career is beginning larry and there's no time right. like the present so yeah, you know, let's go
0: Absolutely. Well, I will, uh, as always, Brady, this was fantastic. Uh, a lot of fun, a lot of things to look forward to in the game in 2022. Talked about a lot of people. We'll see what kind of moves they make. Uh, maybe Roy will win at Augusta. That would be a wonderful way to start our majors uh, this year. So mm. we'll see what happens and I will um, look forward to uh, watching it unfold with
1: you. No doubt. And on Tuesday, I promise not to keep your heel down. <laughs> I'm sure you won't. Uh, so we will end it.
0: We will end it there. Freddie. thanks so much.
1: Of course, man.